and I still get inquiries and bookings and my SEO is still good because of that work that I put in then like those things that you can do will serve you further down the line you know that's like evergreen kind of marketing that you can do I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger, and you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to let you know about something brand new that I've created called the Wedding Pro Agency. I don't know about you, but life as a solo business owner can be so busy and you just don't have the time to do all of the things. Well, I'm a big fan of outsourcing the tasks that you don't necessarily need to do yourself. And that is why I created the Wedding Pro Agency. With the Wedding Pro Agency, you can hand off some of your tasks to my team and we will do it for you for a really affordable rate. From managing your social media posts through to your Pinterest management and even one-off tasks like creating you a mailing list or creating you a lead magnet or something like that that you can use for a wedding fair or exhibition. If there's something you need a little bit of extra help with in your wedding business, reach out to me and let me know. You can find us at weddingproagency.co.uk or just reach out directly to me at Becca Poutney on Instagram. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Today, I'm chatting to one of my favorite people in the wedding industry, Becky Harley. Becky is an incredible wedding and branding photographer, and you are going to love her. I first met Becky back in 2016, where I dropped into her Facebook inbox and invited her to a networking event. She came along and has been in my world ever since. I've watched her business expand, her confidence grow, and since we first met, she's become a parent to two gorgeous children too, and had to navigate how that impacts life and business. You are going to absolutely love hearing from her, and we've got so much to talk about. Becky, welcome to the podcast. Hello, what a lovely introduction. Well, you are just the loveliest person. I'm so pleased to finally have you here (laughs) on the podcast. So let's start by going right back to the beginning. So when did you decide to become a wedding photographer? How did that happen? Yeah, tell us the story. Well, let me just put my time traveling head on and try to remember what happened. <laughs> so basically, I when I went to university and did a degree that was great fun, but didn't really lead me anywhere obvious. I studied the ancient Romans. So it was great. I got to go to Rome and get pissed a lot, but not so much in the way of like actual, let's, let's do this as a career. And so when I left university, I did some volunteering for charities and stuff and ended up working for charities because that's what I knew how to do. And I needed to pay some rent. So that's what I was doing. I did that for four years. And I was always sort of thinking, oh, what? this isn't really what I like. I mean, it was great. A lot of people want to work in charity and it's, it was an amazing place to work, but it wasn't like what I always wanted to do. And I didn't really know what I always wanted to do. And so I was just kind of thinking about things I could do, like, where can I go next? What can what, what am I good at? And what can I what can I apply my skills to? And I got married (laughs) and I thought, hey, weddings are fun. I'd had a kind of a vague idea that I might like to explore being self-employed because I knew I wanted to have a family and I thought that that would be great because, you know, hey, I'll be at home. I'll be able to look after the kids and work. We'll come on to that later. So, yeah, I I kind of thought about being self-employed and didn't really know how to make it happen but I got married my wedding present for my other half was a camera an SLR camera and it was really the first time I ever 
picked one up. I'd always been the one to take photos in places when we went out or on holidays and stuff. I took loads of pictures, but had never really explored kind of taking it to the next level. So I did. And I did some training with other photographers, shadowed other photographers. I did loads of second shooting some training to help me with the basics, like getting the website set up, thinking about how to do wedding fairs and like kind of photography specific stuff rather than kind of wedding industry, like broader wedding industry stuff. And just like worked really hard. Like I was working all my evenings to kind of build this little business up, went part time in a, in a role and quickly realised that I'd already checked out of that world. And so very quickly left that part time role and kind of dived straight in. I did the National Wedding Show in 2016, beginning of 2016, I think it was, or maybe it was the end of 2015. No, it must have been the beginning of 2016. And I had 10 weddings booked for that year. And I thought, you know what, I'm sure, I'm sure I can make it work. And so I, and with the time that I then had, I focused on my business and then it just kind of grew from there. And now, now we're quite a way down the line from that point. Yeah, absolutely. So you did that classic thing of getting married yourself and realizing the wedding industry looks fun to work in. I feel like that's so many people's <laughs> story. And then you started building it up alongside your actual job. At what point did you realize you needed to actually quit your job and go full time? Because that's the bit that people find scary. People are worried about leaving the safety of employment and going into self-employment. So how did you make that decision? How did you make that leap and get over that fear? If I'm completely honest with you, my hand was slightly forced because the job that I was working in as part time were like, you're not really working on this job, are you? <laughs> were like, I, I basically didn't get through probation on that because I just wasn't really that I wasn't interested. Like I wasn't they, they kind of had hired me hoping that I would do X, Y, Z and and like hold my hands up. I just I wasn't in my head. I was already on the path to doing being self-employed and I was only planning on being there for a short while. And so we had a conversation and they said, look, you know, you're clearly not focused on this role. And I said, yeah, do you know what? I'm not. So let's call it a day. So my hand was forced slightly there. It was scary, but in a way it was the best thing that could have happened because I probably would have sat just, you know, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll leave like after this day or after that day or whatever. And, you know, I think having made that decision to leave my full time role and go to part time was already taking that step. I already had, I think when I left my full time job, I had probably like maybe five or six weddings booked in for the following year. And so it was it was just really freeing. Being part time in the first instance was really freeing because I was able to spend, you know, I actually sat at home and was able to work. But on my business, rather than having to feel like I was, you know, guiltily having, you know, looking at the, looking at my other stuff on my phone or my laptop and stuff when I should have been focused on my old job. So, yeah, it was it was a scary thing, definitely. But it, it definitely helped having that kind of little push rather than having to fully jump. <laughs> yeah, and everything happens for a reason. So we can look back and we can thank them for not putting you through your probation because it meant that you had to go Absolutely. ahead and grow your business. Yeah. Now, I know this is an area I that people... I didn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> well, there we go. It's the right decision. This is yeah. an area that people <laughs> struggle with, though. And I'm sure there's some people listening right now who are right on the cusp of thinking, do I jump? Do I stay? Do I go part-time? Do you have any advice for them what should they be doing? What should they be thinking about making that decision? I think it's really important to have a think about your numbers and have a plan because I think that was something that I've always sort of struggled a bit with with my business. I've I've sort of been like, yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> and I just kind of, you know, I think having a real hold on your numbers and having a real hold on how you're going to reach that goal and setting yourself goals is a really important way to help you get to that point. 
And I think I do think at some point you just have to take the leap because there's always a reason not to or like, oh, there's, you can always think, oh, I'll delay it to this point. I'll delay it to that point when this happens or when that happens. And like, as you know, like if you keep putting things off forever, then you'll always find an excuse not to do it. And I think it's, it is it's such a difficult thing to do. I think if you can kind of think about when I get to a certain number of bookings, like that will give me X amount of money, work out your expenses and make sure you're not just like throwing money away at different stuff that you don't need necessarily need to invest in, then it can really help you to kind of see how the kind of the numbers work out. And the thing is, for me, like I'm I'm fortunate that I'm not the sole breadwinner in my in my house. And I, I'm very aware that if if I had been, it might well be a very different story because, you know, when you've got a mortgage to pay, going self-employed is going to be a huge thing. We had secured a mortgage on my full time salary. And so I felt quite comfortable that changing my kind of input to that to that at that time wouldn't have like rocked the boat too much. So I'm fortunate that that is in, in my situation and it did help. I think if you're really able to do the sums and kind of make sure that those contributions aren't going to be affected or, you know, what you need to know what like you're spending on a month to month basis and how it's going to kind of balance out. So and also just to have a plan of like not just like this is how many bookings I've got now, but like how am I going to grow? What do I need to like what money do I need to make per month and how am I going to make that happen? I mean, obviously, let's cross fingers that you don't get stuff like a pandemic thrown your way, because obviously that can complicate matters somewhat. Um, the wedding industry is tricky because obviously, like if you need to make money next week, if you take if you go out and try and book a wedding for next week, obviously in some depending on what you're offering, it might be easier to do that. But like for me as a photographer, if I said I need to make some money next next week or next month, I can take a, maybe a couple of bookings if I market myself, but that actual money isn't then going to come in for another year. So if you are maybe a wedding photographer, you could think about other stuff that you might be able to do alongside to kind of help keep that income coming in. Yeah, definitely. The numbers are so, so important. You should have a grip on your numbers. Everyone's situation is going to be very different and they need to look at their own situation. One mistake I see people make is they say, I need to be matching my salary before I can quit and go self-employed. And actually, that isn't always the case. You need to look at your expenses, but that's not necessarily the same as your salary. And there may be some sacrifices that need to be made. But as long as you can afford to live and do the basics, then that's the number you need to be working on as well. Also, I had a great um, episode earlier on with Hannah Rose Weddings. If you haven't ever listened to that, go back and listen to it because she did quit her job the week before the pandemic. And it's a really interesting story about how, because she'd made that decision, how she then had to find other ways to make it work. Mm, definitely. I think as well, like for me, I was working in London, so I could already factor out all of my tra- my transport to London every day like just because like you're taking that leap there are some things that you might then not be able not have to pay as much for you know like my commute into London was a several thousand pounds a year that suddenly didn't have to happen so it made it you know there's things to think about it's not just like your expenses are always going to be the same Absolutely. Okay, Becky. So let's move forward a little bit in time to that moment where I dropped into your Facebook inbox. So I was holding an event in Hertfordshire, a networking event, and I decided to just randomly search the internet for people in the local area in the wedding industry. I came across Becky. I dropped her a message and invited her along to my event and you came. So my question is, 
why did you come when the stranger dropped into your inbox? And how has coming to that event that day had an impact on your business? Well, I really have to think, but I do remember getting your message and be like, oh, this is exciting. I suppose the first thing was that I was excited someone had found me from Google. <laughs> so that was always good. It meant my search, my searching stuff was working. I think I, at the time, like if, if you'd dropped, randomly dropped into my inbox now, I think it might be a quite different story because obviously now I've got two small children and I can't really spend as much time as I might have otherwise done, you know, flitting off to go to some networking events and stuff. But at the time, I was kind of fairly new to the area, um, fairly new to the business. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to say hello to people. I'd already found out that that venue, because it was a Coltsfoot Country Retreat, wasn't it? And I'd already found that venue and thought, oh, that's nice and close. That would be an interesting venue to sort of see if I could work at or to see if I could get in with. And yeah, I just, and I think also I'd been contacted by some of those, you know, those breakfast networking things where you get plumbers and all sorts in there. And I think I'd sort of, I'd heard people saying that that wasn't necessarily the best way to go, but I'd, this sounded a lot more up my street, basically. Plus there were nibbles and wine, I think. So (laughs) what's not to love? Absolutely. Well, I think you are very brave because again, that's another hurdle that people get stuck at. They think, I couldn't go to that. I can't turn up somewhere on my own. I can't go to this networking event. And actually, you can. You did it. You met some great people. And I'm glad that you came that day because we've been friends and you've been in my world ever since. And it's been wonderful to watch you on that journey. You met some great people there that I know you still work with today. So it'd be just great to hear really how being part of that network, meeting people in the industry, collaborating, how all of that has had an impact on your life and your business. I think it's so important to have friends in the industry and people that you can kind of talk to even if you don't necessarily end up working with them all the time it's just nice to have kind of those touch points or or to be able to recommend people across the industry as well also like people in your own industry I think it's really important to get to know and and trade ideas with because if you were working in any industry in an office job you would have peers who did the same job as you and there wouldn't be a competition around it you'd all just be doing the same job And you'd have those people to talk to and, you know, the kind of network of people to even just to have a bit of a moan to, you know, like, oh, I can't believe this has happened to me today, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's so important when you're self-employed because it can be so lonely to be sat at a desk by yourself or, you know, at a dining table by yourself in front of a laptop and feeling like you're just plugging on. But what's, you know, what's happening? Is anything really, is this really working? Am I doing the best thing? And I think having a network, you know, to help you kind of work through that is a really important thing. I had huge imposter syndrome when I came to your networking events. Like I I was like, I can't, you know, people ever think I'm rubbish. Everyone's there much better than me. They're all much more experienced. They all know each other. Who who am I going to talk to? And even now, like I still don't like love turning up. I mean, I love turning up to your events, but like there's a lot of people that I don't know there still because having kids out the loop, I don't get as involved in the Facebook group and stuff as I used to because I just don't have the the capacity to do it and so I think that I still feel like oh everybody knows each other no one's going to want to talk to me Um, you know I I won't know what to say maybe I'll just pop along and have a quick drink and then go home you know and I think just getting out the door is always the hardest bit I think with these things you just it's easy to talk yourself out of going it's harder to talk talk yourself into going so if you book something and you book it you say yeah I'll go and then as closer you get to the time you're like oh maybe it'll get cancelled or maybe I won't have to go maybe I'll find that I'm busy And it's really easy to talk yourself out of going to these things, but it's so important to go and to have a network and to have 
conversations with people in the same industry as you because you can just feel like you're an island floating around with no nobody to help you or no one to talk to so I think it's made a huge impact to me personally because you know I used to have a lot of people that I would go for drinks with and stuff after work when I worked in London and have that kind of social connection with and a lot of that now might be digitally like via social media and networking groups and stuff but having the face-to-face stuff is really important too in terms of like working with people in in who I've met through you, Becca, I've I've done like the styled shoots. I recommend people. People recommend me. I do I do lots of branding work for some people that I've known for years from your your stuff. So it's it's kind of vast, really, the the reach that you're like you doing that has had because you know it takes a lot of you know from your point of view to stand up and say yeah I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my head my name forward to be the person to rally everyone. So I suppose we all need to thank you as well, Becca, because you do a brilliant job of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And funnily enough, I think back and I think I had huge imposter syndrome. Who was I to just drop into random people's inbox and invite them along to an event? But again, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I didn't talk myself out of doing that because some amazing connections have been made. And one thing I love about your story as well is you said when I invited you to that event, you'd heard of that venue and you thought maybe it would be somewhere that you wanted to have a connection with. And since then, you've shot numerous weddings at Coltswood Country Retreat. I have shot a lot of weddings at Coltsfoot Country Retreat, absolutely. It does help that it's like 10 minutes away from my front door. But yeah, it's a lovely venue. And you just have to, like, I sometimes think, you know, if you don't just, oh, if you don't ask, then you don't get. And sometimes, like, if you just, I mean, you just go and talk to people and then and then it, you kind of, the conversations lead, you know, one thing leads to another and you end up further down the road and, you know, making, I've got quite great, like, good connections with that venue now, like, they know who I am and they know that my work is good so that they so they trust me for coming along to, and recommending me and stuff. So it's good. Absolutely. As you know, I love a good connection. And one of my favorite quotes is a simple hello could lead to a million things. And you never know where that conversation might lead either immediately or down the line in the future. Now, as I mentioned, Becky, since we've known each other since 2016, you've gone through some huge changes in your business and in your personal life. You've had two children. And I think one thing that we just don't talk enough about is what it is like becoming a parent and being self-employed. And there are some great benefits to it. As you talked about earlier, it can be a great way to be at home more. And one of the things I love is being able to go and pick my kids up from school. But we can't also paint it as this rosy picture because it does change things. And you did say you went from being someone who could flit around and go to network events to having these small children at home so how has that impacted your business how have you navigated through those past few years I don't really know Becca to be honest with you (laughs) I've done it on a on very little sleep and very little time I mean my daughter my first child was much easier in terms of the sleep she was brilliant I used to go down for her nap for two hours solidly in the middle of the day and I'd just sit and edit and work and stuff it was great but I think so I think uh, well I mean most people are a little bit naive when they go into having their first child I think anyway like you know you're gonna not have as much sleep you know you're not gonna have as much time but I remember thinking oh it's fine I'll just kind of put a playpen down and she can just play while I'm working That'll, that'll just be I'll be brilliant it'll work really well I think I was fortunate that I'd had a couple of years of business pre-children so I had a couple of years to really try and lay some foundations to my business and to kind of get some processes and things in place that would work for me for the years that I was perhaps less active so as an example I blogged 
loads and loads in the first few years of my business. And I still get inquiries and bookings and my SEO is still good because of that work that I put in then. So I think that was I was really fortunate and I didn't necessarily do it with that in mind. But looking back now, like those kind of things that you can do will serve you further down the line. You know, that's like evergreen kind of marketing that you can do. That's never going to like those blogs still are still there and they still pop up every now and then I get like hits to my website from certain blogs I've written about certain topics that people find me through. So that's really good. I, again, not probably quite naively just thought, yeah, well, I'll just just keep shooting weddings with kids. It's fine. So in 2018, I had my daughter. She was born in May, which is obviously just the kind of the beginnings or like the early part of the wedding season. So I didn't have to shoot loads when I was pregnant, which was good. I did have a good pregnancy. So that was also good. I think I went back a bit too soon. I went back when she was two and a half months old, which was not, I mean, she was late. So it wasn't meant to be three months, but she came two weeks late. So it ended up being, she was very little and it was all quite overwhelming. And towards the end of that year, I really started to struggle because I had a lot of work and no time and no sleep. And it was hard and I really did struggle. So with my second child, I kind of made that choice that I didn't want to work as much. I wanted to reduce my amount of weddings, not put so much pressure on myself enjoy maternity leave if there's such a thing when you are self-employed and then the pandemic happened (laughs) so I decided when I found out I was pregnant just before the pandemic I thought I'm gonna have I'm only gonna do 10 weddings in 2021 because my son was due at the end of November so obviously out of the wedding season which was handy um but then the following year I knew was going to be busy so I I thought I'm going to do 10 weddings across the year across the whole year and that'll be nicely spaced out and I'll be able to not put too much pressure on myself and not make the mistakes that I made the first time but then obviously because of the pandemic everyone from 2020 moved to 2021 and so at one point I had 30 weddings in the diary instead of 10 and I was like well I don't know what else I don't know what to do about this I'll just have to just manage obviously the pandemic extended beyond you know beyond when people might have expected or anyone really expected when people started rebooking weddings in 2020 so I didn't kind of properly go back to weddings until June of that year but I still did 22 when I was only planning on doing 10 my son was a bit older when I went back which was easier but he didn't sleep so that was harder (laughs) you just have to kind of do what you have to do like I was fortunate that you know I have a very supportive other half I was fortunate that I could afford to have a day where we paid a childminder to come into the house and sit with the kids downstairs because at that time my daughter was not at school she was only three so I just had to make the time when I could when I could get the time I outsourced as much as I could and I just accepted I was going to take a hit on profitability and just called in favors favors and called in help because it was it's just impossible to do otherwise again like I didn't have the best mental health through that time but then I don't think anyone did really through the pandemic and the the kind of the repercussions that were placed upon the wedding industry in, in particular but you know now they're a bit older it's still a struggle it's still a you know like I I funnily enough the first time this year I've actually sat and properly like made myself set myself some goals for income and for you know bookings and stuff because I'm I'm sort of I'm working on expanding other sides of my business other than weddings so into branding and perhaps into family as I get a bit further down the line but I, I worked all this out and I was like, great, I need to do this many bookings and do this is when I do my marketing and I'm going to do this, this and this. And then I looked at my diary and I was like, well, actually, I only have one full day that I can work a week, 
when my kids are out of the house until five o'clock. Like that's the only day I have to to do this work. And it's all very well saying I can book a branding shoot every week, but I need also need to edit that branding shoot and I need to edit the weddings I'm doing at the weekend. So I just, it's still a struggle and it is still difficult to manage. And it's, I think obviously again, because I'm not the main breadwinner in our family, like my, my work ends up becoming like not the priority so if the kids are off school and sick for any reason or if there's an inset day then that's my working day that gets eaten into and that's understandable you know we have to pay the mortgage and it's in mine sort of takes the back seat and I don't know if that's just being a woman or you know being a mother like like you just have to kind of take the hit a little bit and that is sometimes really frustrating but I have a fantastic other half who does like loads with the kids as well and you know he's always with them at the weekends when I'm working and stuff but it is a daily struggle and just have to kind of pick what it is I'm going to do and like there's a lot of the maybe the networking or the training and stuff that you know that you have so much fantastic training that I'm just not able to take advantage of because you know I, I just don't have the time I have to kind of really really try not to get myself off my plan of the week <laughs> when I've got stuff to do. And I think when you're short of time, though, I do think that it makes you be more efficient with your time because when you have all the time in the world, you can fritter away. But I learned very early on when my children were very small, I had such a short amount of time that I had to make the most of every minute. And I became incredibly efficient with the time that I had because I had no other choice. I think as well as self-employed business owners, we are very resilient. We make it work. We do crazy things like work late at night sometimes or, you know, working while children nap and all that kind of thing. We are very resilient. But I also think we can make ourselves feel guilty. We put way too much pressure on ourselves. And I was having a conversation just yesterday about how we can feel guilty that we're not involved enough in our business. And then we feel guilty that we're not involved enough with our children. And we're in this constant kind of cycle of feeling guilty about it. And actually, everyone's feeling the same. And I think sometimes we do just need to take that pressure off a little bit. And if you're listening to this now, and I know there will be people listening who feel like they're right in the middle of that juggle where they've got toddlers at home, maybe they're listening to this while they're trying to do other things as well. And they feel like their head's half in business and half in with the children. My encouragement to you is it does get easier. I mean, Becky, when we first met, I was pregnant with my second child. Uh, She's now six. And I've been through that really tough juggle. I know it is mad that she's now six. But now both, both my children are in school. And all of a sudden, I'm finding, okay, I can actually breathe again now. I can actually get my focus back. And actually, some of those things that I didn't have the time to focus on over the last five or six years... I can do now and it's okay. And so if you are listening to this and you feel like I'm just in the middle of this right now, give yourself a break and realize it's not forever. It will get easier. And there will be things that you may have to neglect in your business now that you can come back to in a few years time and start to grow. I did some marketing. I did a quick marketing training with somebody recently and she talked about having a a for now plan and a, a later plan. So having, you know, Ideally, I would be blogging every week and I'd be, you know, doing X, Y, Z, all these different marketing activities and this big marketing campaigns. And I'd push this and I'd push that and I'd, you know, do a Christmas deal and I'd do whatever. And but actually you can write that down on your later plan. And as long as you've got a for now plan of what you can manage, then you can start to add those bits from that other plan in 
to make it your later plan. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things you've been growing over the last few years, Becky, alongside your wedding photography is your branding photography business. And I know that's something that you're looking to do more of, especially as your children start to get older and go into school. And you are actually one of my branding photographers. Most of my brand shoots are with Becky and I love working with Becky. So I just want to chat a little bit about brand photography with you for a second. So if people are listening and thinking, I don't really even know what this brand photography is all about or why it matters, like just tell us a little bit about it. Well, branding photography, I I really love it. And I sort of started doing it by accident, I think, because when I first started in, you know, working in the wedding industry and having this like networking and stuff, obviously as a photographer, you know, photographers are very fortunate in that we are very content heavy. We have a lot of photos that we can share and stuff that we can put on Instagram. And, you know, we can show our work because our work is stuff that is, it's not a physical product that we have to, you know, like a bouquet of flowers or, you know, like a DJ booth or, you know, DJ music or whatever. Like it's, it's lends itself perfectly to, to sharing content as a wedding photographer. And I started kind of obviously sharing stuff with people that I was meet, like I was working with and I was meeting and stuff and then that led a little bit on to doing some branding photography and then doing some styled shoots as well like I started trying to make sure that I was taking pictures of people with their stuff as they were setting up and stuff so I ended up doing a bit of branding photography from quite early on and then people started asking me to you know to oh I really need some content you know of me doing this or just some photos that I can share of myself you know when I'm you know, it's really important to have your face in your business. And I think people, when people start to realise that, you know, first of all, I think sometimes people, when you're launching a business, you're like, oh no, I don't want to, I, I don't like putting my face out there. I don't like having, I don't like having my picture taken. Like I don't, you know, my product is my product and then I'm just kind of behind the scenes. And I think when people start to realise that actually, especially on social media, having, putting yourself out there as the face of your brand is like so important, especially in the wedding industry, I think as well it like people really kind of cotton on to the fact that you know I, I personally if I share a picture of a wedding I get uh, quite a lot of likes it's fine and quite a lot of engagement if I put my face on my my grid the you know so you know when you do your best line at the end of the year and sometimes just like I've, if I've shared pictures of myself throughout the year most of it just ends up being my face <laughs> so, because people love to see the person behind the business and they love to see you being yourself and being honest and being like putting yourself out there and I suppose being a bit vulnerable, like I think it's just like a really, really vital part to your business, especially in our industry. And so branding photography, like it's been fantastic for me in terms of networking more and meeting lots of more people, but also meet, like meeting other pe- people outside of weddings as well, like meeting other small business owners and learning from them as well. I absolutely love working with small business owners and small teams and entrepreneurs and like helping them to like communicate what it is they're trying to get across to their to their audiences because it's just like such an important thing to put your yourself forward and to put your your face to your business I think I mean the other side of branding photography also as well as just putting your face out there is that having high quality imagery of your product and your work is like there's just no replacement for it like you can take some pictures on your phone of what it is you're selling, but like a high quality image just makes everything look like it completely elevates your brand. So if you have a website where you've got like a mismatch of photos or from 
and it's difficult as well for other suppliers in the wedding industry because if you work with a variety of different photographers and you've got a variety of different photographic styles on your website that can be a little bit confusing or off-putting and it might not fit your brand properly and so having a brand shoot really can just make everything really cohesive and really communicate to your audience what it is you're about and what you are selling them and how you want your brand to be perceived as well so there's just like it, is, it can be a bit overwhelming, I think, initially when you first start a business because you need to have imagery, but you don't necessarily know where to get it from or how to get it. And I think that brand photos are like a vital part of anyone's business from the get go, because it can really show everyone exactly what it is that you're offering in the best way. I totally agree. And I think it's an area that people neglect, an area that people don't feel that they need to invest in. And actually, it can have a huge impact on your brand quality, on your brand style, on your engagement, on just the way that people perceive you. And I think it's really, really important. But I also know people are going to be listening to this and thinking, that sounds awful. I don't want to be in front of the camera. I don't want to have my picture taken. This is just cringy. What would you say to those people? How do you give people confidence to know that actually it's okay? Well, I mean, I work with, I mean, I, I don't think I've worked with anyone really ever who said, yeah, I'm totally cool with having my picture taken. I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> I think everybody from my wedding clients to my branding clients has that. And to be honest, me as well, when I have, because I have branding shoots periodically as well with other photographers, it's awkward, isn't it? Having a picture taken, you just suddenly like, you go from sitting chatting to someone and then a second a camera comes out, you're suddenly like, okay, right now, now, now this is being documented. How do I, how am I sitting? What do, where am I, what do I do with my hands? What, like these things on the end of my arms, where, where do I normally put them? Like, do I sit like this or do I sit like this or do I look over it? And it, it's just, it's suddenly, you suddenly have this, like, everything's running in your mind and you're thinking about it all and like, and it makes you feel super awkward. I think it all stems from like, when you're at school and you sit and have your school photo taken and maybe your parents have been sat and done your hair perfectly and they're like right your school photos are today so make sure you don't mess up your hair and make sure you smile properly and make sure that you you know you don't like mess up your uniform and then you go and you're sat there all day waiting for your photos and then you finally get your chance to go and have your photo taken and all your classmates are lined up at the other side of the room and watching you and then there's someone with a big camera and a big light and it's like oh and a funny background and you have to sit there and then you have to smile and then make hope that you know it, it makes the grade and like that's just the opposite of what a branding photo shoot is like like for me I I primarily love to try and like get to know people when I'm taking their picture rather than just being like hi right let's take some pictures okay right thanks bye it's very much a kind of collaborative process I really want to learn about people's businesses and what they are hoping to achieve from their photos and how they want their brand to be perceived by people who their target audience is and the kind of message they're trying to convey and I also think that like people think they don't like they don't photograph well um, just haven't been photographed by the right photographer <laughs> because they just are everyone is photogenic because everyone is like a real person and I think that as soon as that real person is just relaxed enough to like smile naturally rather than smile like oh I'm having my picture taken and have that kind of that barrier initially then I think everyone is photogenic like people can everyone can look good in front of the camera they just need to be relaxed enough to feel comfortable <laughs> and that's what I aim to do on a brand shoot I think usually by the end of a brand shoot people are like actually this isn't so bad it's quite fun yeah absolutely and I definitely recommend to people to use the same photographer 
a number of times for your branding images. So as I said, me and Becky have been working on my branding images for the last few years and we've had a number of shoots together. And I remember back to my first branding shoot and how uncomfortable I found it and how awkward I found it. But actually, the more we've done it and the more we've worked together and the more we've got to know each other and what works, the better and better the pictures have got. And one thing I've learned as well for myself is actually you don't have to do branding shoots that match everybody else's branding shoots. And you can bring a bit of personality into it. So one of my favorite shoots we've done was when we went to Winter Wonderland in London and I've got pictures of me on the carousel and drinking mulled wine. And I absolutely love those pictures because they're fun and they are me and they bring me to the front. And actually, yes, we need some pictures of me sitting at a computer and they're always important. But if you can bring your personality into your images, it just makes so much different, doesn't it? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the, so one of the processes that I go through with all of my clients for branding is that I ask a lot of questions about the brand and who it is that you're talking to and what you want them to see and think and feel when they look at your imagery. So whether that's pictures of you or whether that's pictures of your product, like that all of that informs how we can think about the shoot and how we can style the shoot, where we might go, what we might focus on. You know, I work with a number of different clients who have different requirements and over a different kind of, um, over, over periods of time when I do multiple shoots, like we can kind of say, right, what worked last time and, and what do you want more of? And we can really tailor it to what people need. I was like, I also do kind of like quick shoots where we have just like a, because not everyone needs a full suite of images. Like sometimes people just need like a couple of pictures of them to kind of put out there on their social media or put on their website. It's like, like this is me, this is who I am. And so like I do like shorter shoots for that as well. Um, I think that's also like really important and valid because some people might think, oh, I don't need like a full like a day's worth of photos because that's a lot of content. But yeah, like a short shoot as well is a really good way of just kind of refreshing your images and giving you a little bit of that kind of more authority, I suppose, like and and also just really communicating, like you say, like your personality as well. Like a lot of the, you know, the standard kind of brand photo is like, let's sit in a in a coffee shop with a with a mug of coffee and and like with a laptop. <laughs> and that's kind of great. Um if you've not, you know, if, if you're starting out and you're it's the first sort of foray into brand photography, having that is really important. Like that's a good kind of base to start with. But like you say, it's really, you know, we can go to, you know, different locations. Like we went to, yeah, like I say we went to like Winter Wonderland. I've done like themed kind of ones around the seasons. Um, often like having a wander around London is a great idea to kind of get some different backdrops and stuff. So it's like you can, and in London, actually, you can get all kinds of, you can do something that's a bit more classy, like walk around in Mayfair, like the fancy streets, or you can go somewhere that's a bit more grungy, like Shoreditch. I did a shoot in Hackney Wick, which is awesome. There's loads of cool graffiti there and stuff. So there's just like a huge variety of things you can do to really like bring your personality out. But that's something that I can kind of, I collaborate with people on to try and work out what the best thing to do is. Yeah, there's so much more to it than just getting someone to take your picture. It's not the same thing. And the other thing is for me, the seasonal shoot thing has really worked out well for me because we had a year where we did different seasons of photos and you don't think about it, but actually those pictures of me in a winter coat, I can't use them in the summer. No one wants to see a big winter coat in the summer and vice versa when I've got my sunglasses on or my summer clothes on, I feel like I can't really use them in the winter. So if you have got the money to invest in photos, I do recommend getting some done at different times of the year so that you can then use them for years to come. And I do still go back and use some of the images even from two, three years ago that we took because they're still great images and I can use them at different times of the year. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about a branding shoot, 
definitely look into it. Definitely find the right person that is willing to work with you. And I will make sure I share all of your details, Becky, in the show notes as well. So if people do want to reach out to you and talk to you about the branding shoots they could have with you and the different things you offer, uh, all the information will be below. Now, we have talked for ages. We've been all around the houses, Becky. I've absolutely loved this conversation. But before we draw it to a close, there's one question I always end every podcast with, and that is, what's the one thing you wish you'd known sooner in your own business? I was thinking about this and there's so many things. Um, I think for me, I was thinking about it. I think the mantra, or is it a mantra? I don't know. Done is better than perfect. And I think that I, you just have, sometimes you just have to say, right, this is good enough for now, right? Done doing something now and then perfecting it later if you have to, or if you need to is much better than faffing about and tweaking this and tweaking that because it's not quite perfect and you can waste a lot of time and so since I've started trying to apply that to my set to my things I'm doing or things I'm getting out like you know this Instagram post well maybe I should just reword that or maybe I should reword this actually done is like and out there is better than perfect like tweaked to within an inch of its life and fiddled around with for hours and hours wasting time when you could be doing other things so yeah I think my my dad also said jfdi just do it i think that's a, quite an important thing that i sometimes think right if i'm if i'm faffing around with something you know you just need to get it done just get it out there and then move on to the next thing that's going to help you and your business and move you forward absolutely i'm a huge believer in done is better than perfect because you can always go back and improve it in the end becky it's been such a pleasure talking to you thank you for being so open and honest and sharing with us if people want to find out more about you about your wedding photography about your branding photography or just chat to you in general where's the best place for people to find you well generally i say website wise is always good if you want to just have a little nosy so my branding photography website is beckyharleycreative.co.uk my wedding photography website is uh, beckyharleyphotography.co.uk. I'm also on Instagram at beckyharleycreative at beckyharleyphotog for my wedding <laughs> my wedding photography. I'm also on Facebook and everything. I'm, I don't do Twitter. They don't look for me there. But uh, <laughs> I'm in the usual places. Fabulous. And like I said, I'll make sure I link to everything in the show notes. Do go and reach out to Becky. She's very approachable. She even replied to that first message from me back in 2016. So if you've got questions, if you want to talk to her about branding or just hear more about her journey, just drop into inbox and I'm sure she'll be happy to chat to you when she's got a moment to spare. Becky, thank you for your time. Thank you, Becca. I love that conversation with Becky. Isn't she great? So much great insight. And I'm glad that she was able to be so honest with us as well. If you're thinking about a branding shoot, definitely reach out to Becky and chat to her. As I said, I use her myself and she's incredible. I'll see you next time. 